0: it's It's not for everyone because first off, you need a place to send your traffic, right? If you don't have a good landing page, a good offer, a good sales page, um you're just wasting money. so it's it's imperative that you have somewhere to send them, whether it's your website, whether it's your your opt-in page, your webinar registration, uh, a lot of people don't have the assets in place to even start running ads. so that that's that's a very good point.
1: Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Walker. As a former naturopathic doctor and anthropologist, I align the intersection of personal performance, purpose, and innovative thinking in badass women working to change the world as entrepreneurs and go getters. Anthropology is the study and science of what makes an entrepreneur think, feel, and perform in a path compelled by a vision for helping others, solving problems, while building a life on your own terms. Together, we are exploring the health, mindset, and strategies that distinguish the world's best entrepreneurs. This is the Anthropology Podcast. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. This is episode 234. You know, independent of mindset and and managing some of the money pieces, when we hit roadblocks with the entrepreneurs that we work with. Generally, it comes down to moving into a state of unknown. And for so many of us, that unknown is the technology side of our businesses. We know our subject matter so well. We're practitioners or we are consultants or we're selling products. But when it comes to the deliverability of our information or product through technology, we tend to hit a roadblock. We hit a roadblock because we don't know what we don't know. Well, my guest today is someone who has been answering those questions within my business for the last four years. Elon Zusman is the founder of Ziggy Media, and he actually handles the back end, the technology side of all of our businesses. I'm super excited to have him on the podcast today. One, this has been a long time coming. And two, because we break down everything you need to know so that you can confidently start to engage with the technology of your business. What do you need to know before you hire someone? What are our top 10 favorite apps for running an online business? And what is the state of the industry? What should we be looking at and looking forward to over the coming months and years. This is a jam-packed episode. I know you're going to like Elon as much as I do. It is my pleasure to introduce you to my friend right now. Elon Zeusman. welcome to the Anthropology Podcast.
0: Hello, Megan. How are you?
1: I am good. You threw a challenge out to me before we jumped into this, which is... I'll see if you can stump me. So I'm uh, I am always up for the challenge. You and I have a long history of um, banter and working together. For those of you who don't uh, know, Elon is the founder of Ziggy Media, and he he masters all the technology on the backside um of my business and I'm so grateful for what he does and today you're going to have an opportunity to understand why one I'm so reliant on him and two why I appreciate him so much and before we get into that because we've got some really cool highlights we're going to hit for people Elon I'm wondering if you can share with my listeners a little bit about your background how did you get into the tech side of the online space to begin with and why this focus in terms of uh, health entrepreneurs
0: yeah, it's actually funny, and thank you. Super excited to be here, Megan. Um, it is our, our—if in case you forgot, it was just past our four-year working anniversary, and you didn't even send flowers. But well, thank
1: nothing. you for calling that out right from the get-go. Yes. Wow, four years. That's amazing.
0: It's been four long years. I actually went back to our <laughs> first communications ever, and I'll get back to my whole journey, but you actually sent your first email to us on May 16th, 2017, so... Wow, 2017. Sorry, May 16, 2017 has been a long journey. Um, I've Longest seen Longest four years of your
1: life.
0: Well, it's been it's been fun, <laughs> and I I've been along for that the evolution of Megan Walker, and it's it's I pulled out some key pieces from that original email that you sent me, and it basically says here and I, again, I, I don't want to take us too far off the track off the path uh-huh. here, but it says where I'm at. I wear two hats. I'm a practitioner seeing. Uh, patients two days per week. I work with regulated practitioners who help grow their business. I just stepped down as the CEO of a health tech startup called Bright Almond. When I, and you know, get into some technical stuff. And when I left Bright Almond, I left my list. I'm rebuilding essentially from scratch. So here we are, four years later. You know, the almighty powerful Megan Walker. I'm super And you super didn't excited. hit delete. I did not hit delete, and the funny thing is, I remember um, we were—I was actually presenting at a health and wellness conference, and we were on the phone. You're like, you know what? And this was like when we were in our little courtship, kind of going back and forth of working together. And you said, you know what? I'm going to come. I'm, I'm coming to the conference. I want to meet you. I'm like, okay, cool. Are you are you coming for the day? She's like, no, I just want to come to to meet you. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, this this woman is really. Uh, thorough as far as background (laughs) check so yeah here we are four years later on your podcast but really for me it all started you know I came out of college and I was actually just thinking about this before we jumped on came out of college didn't obviously like every other kid wasn't really sure what they wanted to do my mom obviously pushed me towards computers like everything's going to computers so you know studied um Studied some computer uh, courses in my post-secondary education, but the problem was is that I graduated, graduated right at the end of that, the big tech bo- boom at the end of uh, the early 2000s. So, worked corporate for a while, um, hated it like most people uh one of my good friends at the time was starting like an online software company this was probably back in around 2008 and we did a little bit of a twist where we had like the software this online software and we also offered all this this training and downloads and membership access so like Back in 2008, when this wasn't even a thing, we were kind of doing it, and like not a lot of people were doing it at that time. So fast forward to around uh, 2016, we started Ziggy Media, me and my former uh, partner, and the idea was taking all the knowledge that I learned from that startup environment—you know, launches and webinars and technology automation—and utilizing that for SMBs and. Some way or another, you know, we started in in you know when we first started, we were we were working with like real estate people, auto mechanics, like it was it was a grind and hated it. It was not fun, but somehow we brought we came into this health and wellness world and it's been great. You know, I love working with health and wellness practitioners, uh, right across the board. Uh, you guys are awesome, very friendly, and here we are four mm-hmm. years later.
1: And here we are four years later. Well, you know, I'm interested in there's been a lot of shift in the in the industry in the last, gosh, 18 months. I can't imagine why maybe world events have sort of driven us in that uh, in that direction all businesses of all sorts and all sectors have made this transition into the online space. I was looking at stats and numbers, and I often cite for practitioners, it's been a 530% roughly increase in in online information products in the health and wellness sector in the last year, whereas other verticals, we've seen like well over a 2,000% increase. Do you think we're in the in the infancy of what is possible for health and wellness practitioners in the online space? Do you think it's saturated? Like, What is your sense of of the online information space in particular for the health and wellness industry?
0: I think, yeah, I think it's just getting started. I think practitioners right across the board are just realizing what's possible because a lot of them, and you you know as well as I do, I've spoken with hundreds of health and wellness practitioners, naturopaths, uh, nutritionists, right across the board. We've worked with them as well. And they're burnt out they're they're sick of the one to one model they're looking for other options covid has kind of given them a bit of a kick in the butt that they need to get online they need there has to be another way and they're starting to realize that there is another way and that other way is building you know group programs online programs having greater impact larger reach and technology allows us to do that and it's a shame because i know it's going to pivot into you know where we're going to take this conversation but tech is usually like the biggest roadblock for a lot of people to get into the space, where if they embrace it, it can also make their lives lives a lot easier. Right. Here's the, so.
1: f- the funny thing about this, I hear this all the time. They hit, people hit a roadblock with ads, and then the technology thing is. Is, is sort of the next biggest obstacle that we tend to encounter. And my general comeback for practitioners is literally, like they've just spent eight years in school. They've written like 25 million exams. They could recite to you like every step of the Krebs cycle and the nuances of energy production inside cells. And yet they're like, I honestly can't log into my email platform. So, you know, I, I couch this entire conversation with, if you've gotten through all of that, you can handle this piece, but the interesting thing is, is that when you are getting going in your career and you're starting to move into running your business, I want you to know that while you probably could handle it, part of the resistance I think for a lot of people is they don't actually have the time. They don't. Have the, they're out of learn mode. They're in execution mode, and what really happens is it slows them. It slows them down. So. On that note, Elon, I mean, you host tech talks for us every single month to sort of demystify some element of tech. But I want to know, like, let's start really high level. What do you wish people knew before they picked up the phone to call you? Because they literally call you being like, I don't know what I don't know. And I think I need your help. Like. What would be a helpful starting point for people in terms of you know triaging the technology or online needs of their business?
0: I think it's it's number one having a plan, having a, a vision. I think a lot of people get stuck up in the minute details that they don't take a step back and look at like the entire landscape. Going back to that original email that you sent me back in 2017 is broken up into five distinct parts. You you sent to me where I'm at. Where I'm going, what I'm looking for, and things that you should know about me. So when you came to me, and obviously you had this huge chicken scratch of a diagram as far as all your different programs. That's how you roll. We'll actually include it with the show notes for all your listeners just to kind of peek at Megan's uh, long-term vision. But yeah, just having like a long-term plan as far as like where you want to go and it's not just necessarily, okay, I want to start running Facebook ads. Okay, great. We all want to run Facebook ads. We all want to, you know, increase our engagement, our reach. But where are you taking people? What does that, that funnel look like? Where is the ascension of your programs and your offers that it doesn't just hit a dead end? And I think people especially health and wellness practitioners, they get stuck there and they get stuck as far as, um, you know, just taking a step back and doing the work as far as it is, uh, when it comes to planning. The other thing is, is just kind of knowing, um, a general idea of like what's available as far as tools, because you don't know what you don't know. We talked about this before. And I think there, there are a lot of tools out there as far as uh, making our lives easier, but. It also can lead to analysis paralysis where there's just too much for them to, um, to drive down. And I know there's obviously tools that you recommend, that we recommend. Everyone recommends, you know, something different. But, you know, coming with like just like a game plan, I think is, is really the most important factor and not worrying so much about the little uh, nuanced details.
1: Okay. We're going to play a game together where we name our 10 favorite apps for running a business with the online space. But I want to piggyback off of what you, uh, what you just said. And um, if I could encourage people to, if they're picking up the phone and having a conversation with you or anybody else with respect to the technology piece, the big thing that I would want to understand beyond, is this someone I can relate to who's going to be able to speak my language and appreciate my impact is here is the outcome I want to have for my business what role can technology or your expertise play in adding to the efficiency of me getting there or accentuate my my income and financial impact as a result? Like I would re, I would po- I oppose that question to just about anyone I'm about to work with. But, you know, stepping back for people, I think sometimes they're not really sure where to start in that in that conversation. That's a really good open, open ended question um, to get things to get things rolling, especially if you don't know where to, you don't know where to start.
0: Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it's very common. People aren't really sure where to get going because there's just too much going on. They have too many ideas. A lot of people, you know, there, there's, there's different types of people. There's the people that, you know, have too many ideas. And they don't really know how to kind of sort through them all. not mentioning any names. Um, and then there's don't the other mention
1: names, Elon. <laughs>
0: and there's the other people that, You know, think that they have a plan and think that it goes a certain way. So, just like coming in with an open mind as well, um, being open and understanding that technology is just a piece of the puzzle. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not like a magic uh, genie in a bottle, but it is something that can make your life considerably um, much easier and help you generate a lot of money online.
1: Okay, so let's just talk about the online space and the online economy in general right now. If you were to comment on sort of the the state of the state of the industry, what are what are some of the trends that you see uh, really emerging with respect to uh, online businesses in general? What opportunities do you think are sitting there
0: for us? I think there's a lot of opportunity, and we've talked about this as well. But a lot of opportunity in YouTube for some reason there. You know, it's just an underutilized platform within the industry. Not many people are doing a very good job on YouTube and it's just a massive, massive medium and opportunity. Uh, we have some other clients in different verticals and spaces that are doing some amazing things in YouTube, growing channels with uh, you know tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, and they're actually using these audiences to help push their offers. So I feel like there could be at some point down the road, a, a general shift away from Facebook. I know to date, Facebook has kind of been, you know, the de facto when it comes to advertising obviously instagram has saved their bacon as far as um their engagement but i do see a lot of things pushing and moving over to some of these new uh social media networks that are that are just spring up you know tiktok is a big one uh but youtube as well as i said youtube i think is just very underutilized and i think there's a it's like a goldmine of opportunity
1: i'm still in tiktok denial but i'm like toying with
0: it you're gonna have to dance i saw saw you sliding down that uh that slide there and pointing and having the call outs but that's Mm -hmm. what's drawing engagement you got to play the game because things move very fast online and i think that also overwhelms people a lot it's like oh my god now i gotta learn you know tiktok or now i gotta learn youtube like i just figured out instagram and now you're telling me i gotta start dancing and pointing and so it is it could be overwhelming i i totally get that
1: it's why you, why you really got to lower your standards. <laughs> I mean that with love. Like for those of you who've been very successful in school through perfectionism, like you need to let that go. Um, with that said, you're still not going to catch me dancing on TikTok. You heard it here. You heard it here first.
0: I, Millennia- I wanna... Millennials do a great job on that, I'll tell you.
1: I Yeah, I know. But, and there's days where I literally have resentment towards my parents that they never signed me up for dance class at any point in my life because it really would have served me it would have served me well at this point let's let's stuck i want to get into our top 10 apps i think that would actually be fun we didn't prepare for this which is what's going to make it even more fun uh for everybody but you know you mentioned youtube briefly you talked about tiktok and instagram part of the power of these of these platforms is our capacity to leverage them from an ad perspective a paid traffic perspective. Can you just speak to that a little bit Elon from like a paid traffic 101? I really I want everyone listening to to really be able to take away from this conversation. Ha, huh, I have a few key bullet points. I'm more informed knowing what I need to ask as I move into expanding uh, the technology side of my business. What do we need to know with respect to ads and paid traffic? Is it for everyone?
0: It's, it's not for everyone because, first off, you need a place to send your traffic, right? If you don't have a good landing page, a good offer, a good sales page, um, you're just wasting money. So it's it's imperative that you have somewhere to send them, whether it's your website, whether it's your, your opt-in page, your webinar registration – uh, a lot of people don't have the assets in place to even start running ads. So that, that's that's a very good point. Um, on top of that is really knowing you know where your ICA is hanging out, right? Like if you are targeting maybe you know adolescents, teens, uh, you know people in their 20s, and yeah, TikTok is a great place to be hanging out. Instagram, if you're dealing with a, with a, an older demographic, then you know Facebook tends to be a great place. So it really depends on what your goals and objectives are. For your advertising, and then that can help dictate where um, where you actually focus your effort. The beautiful thing is, is there's no shortage of traffic. So once you do have those those pieces, those items in place, like your offer, your sales pages, all the the the, the dangling carrots, the lead magnet, all these fancy fancy terms we can generate as much traffic as we want obviously it's a pay to play kind of um scheme because um you know if you, if you have the money then you can send the traffic to your offers and if you have a good converting page you can grow your email list or if you have a, a high converting offer people will buy your program so that that's one of the big holdups I see right across the board. You know, we get we get people. They're like, yeah, we want to run Facebook ads. And then I take a look at their website, and it looks like it hasn't been you know revamped since two thousand and five.
1: Okay, and that's a that's a really great point. If we're starting and we go, I'm not making all of these investments all at once. If you could have people investing in just one arena of their Of the online element of their business where would you have them start
0: definitely in in building a way to generate leads and bringing people into their um, email marketing systems you know we talk about active campaign all the time i know you use entreport for your systems uh, mailchimp i mean whatever you're using there's ways to build these email lists email is still very much relevant even in 2021 because you know, millions, billions of dollars are are made through sending emails. So if you're able to bring people into your email list, if you're able to engage that list, if you're able to send valuable content, um, get them to, to take action, whatever that action might be, maybe it's, uh, Booking a one on one consultation, maybe it's um, replying back and just giving you feedback, whatever that next step is, uh, helping to, to build up your email list, I would say would be number one. So having a, a very strong email marketing system and some kind of way to capture leads.
1: And do you, does that trump a good website? Like, would you put a landing page up that enables people to capture leads before a website?
0: Yes, I would. Just because even if you have a website, it's not very hard to to put a button that s- throws people to a landing page that captures leads or opens up a pop up on that website. Yes, a website is super important. Don't don't get me wrong. And like it, it's it, it's all kinds of like pieces in the puzzle. But puzzle. But if you ask me what to, to you know focus on first, definitely lead generation because your website can always come after
1: amazing so we've got some capacity to to generate leads we need to look at our website sometimes we just know we need to look at our website i think the inclination for a lot of people when they get started is i'm going to do this myself i'm going to whip something up i'm going to grab a template i'm going to make it happen can you speak to the the benefits and drawbacks of that in terms of like we wix it together we squarespace it like you know for notwithstanding the fact that you're going to have a bias around this piece, but like really what are what are the challenges with that? Where are we going to hit the next roadblock as a result of that choice?
0: I mean, you know, I had an electrical problem and I started to think that I was an electrician and I went on YouTube and I tried to figure out how to switch a light socket and it didn't end well. And I almost set my house on fire. Now, Granted, we're not going to burn anything down when we're trying to build our own websites and our biggest and our um, our landing pages. What I find is, if you want to be successful online, you need to focus on content. You need to be focused on engagement, and you know, hire someone that knows kind of what they're doing to take away that that stress and that that frustration of having to do it yourself. I think what a lot of Health practitioners, specifically naturopaths, like they're 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 learners by nature. They're constantly learning, like yeah. it's part, of, it's in their DNA. So they feel like, hey, I gotta learn how you know ClickFunnels works, or I gotta learn how ActiveCampaign works. Now, like we like we, we mentioned earlier, like it's great to be able to talk shop, but you know you don't necessarily want to be spending your time in these um, in these systems because you're just gonna be wasting time. So it's 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 a matter of like like what is your time worth? Is your time mm-hmm. worth that, that three, four, five hours at night, like a frustration trying to figure out how to set up a landing page, or would that three to five hours be better suited in developing an online program, or you know, developing a signature talk, or whatever it is that's going to help push your uh, online business forward? Like that's what I think is the best place to kind of spend it.
1: Notwithstanding the fact that we, as practitioners, are literally telling the world we're an expert in health, stop trying to do it yourself. And yet we often have this incongruency in terms of of action on the other side. I always just point that out when there's an opportunity to point that out. And funny story about a light, I had the same experience, I was like, I can put up this light from Ikea. And I took off the cap and I got it all wired and I reattached it and I turned it on and I was super proud of myself till I tried to turn it off and the light didn't turn off. So I had a light on in my den for seven months until I finally got, I just, I just closed the door um, until I could finally uh, get some, got around to, let's be honest, got around to having it. But, but,
0: but let's be honest. Like, you know, a lot of the times uh, people in the space, it's a one person shop. Maybe it's just them. Maybe they have an assistant, 100%. an admin assistant. So you have to be resourceful, right? And being resourceful, you know, is not a bad thing. But at the same time, you know, focus on your strengths rather than your weaknesses and you'll find success a lot quicker.
1: The very first time I ran an online program, we launched a program called The First 18. And I remember uh, calling someone and asking her who she recommended. This is probably before you were born, Elon. And um, she gave me the name of someone and I called him and he was like, I can get the whole thing set up for you. I tried, I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know how to get people off the list. I just, I had the vision, which is what I'm good at. I didn't didn't know how to make the execution happen and the nuance. And I called him and he was like, this was a long time ago. This was eight years ago. He said, Megan, it's going to be $4,500 for me to set all of this up. And I said, no problem. I had no idea how I was going to pay him. I had, I had, what I did have was I had complete confidence in the quality of the program that we were going to create. And I knew that this was an investment I had to make in order to change the outcome on the other side. And there are inflection points in everyone's business where we're going to have to make those decisions. We're going to have to make those investments so that we actually start to change the story uh, of our business. And I do find that when it comes to, uh, comes to tech and making an investment in tech, that is often where I start to observe people's businesses shifting for the first time. They have it set up in such a way that it masters the user experience. They're gathering those leads, and they've outsourced to someone who has an expertise that they they probably will never have themselves.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's it's a great point, you know. And I and I my first startup. Um, we, you know, we were, we didn't know anything about this automation stuff or even that it was possible. This was back in 2008 and we knew that we needed a CRM. We needed a way to kind of, you know, hold these leads or do something with all these leads that were coming in through our website. So we looked at what the biggest and greatest thing out at the time was, and it was Salesforce. And for anyone who knows what Salesforce is, it's like (laughs) the biggest monster of a CRM that's, you know, built for like the Coca-Cola's and like the McDonald's of the world, like enterprise level stuff. And we were trying to get it to fit for like a SMB offering and it just did not fit. And the funny thing is, we actually pivoted after three, four months of like spinning our wheels, trying to get this software to work. Then we actually found Entreport. And Entreport literally took our business from, you know, a five, six-figure, low six-figure business to a seven-figure business. Just having that automation and and knowing what was possible, it like, completely changed the entire landscape. So sometimes making those little pivots and, like, you know, failing fast, I know a lot of people like to say that. Like, it's not always going to be a home run. But, you know, knowing when something's not working and quickly pivoting, I think, is is. Paramount to anyone's success, whether it's just general business, technology, whatever that might be,
1: hundred percent. So you mentioned you mentioned Salesforce. It's an app we could all use. It's probably wait. It's too big. It's too big for everyone listening to this podcast. But let's <laughs> break it down in terms of uh, our favorite, our top ten favorite apps for running an online business and creating efficiency within your business. I'm going to start with. Email. Do you have a favorite platform?
0: Obviously, Active Campaign. So, we've been with Active Campaign since probably around 2012. Uh, we were one of their first uh, certified consultants. So, part of their certified consultant program. Uh, very good relationships with Active Campaign. I've uh, met the CEO, one of the fastest growing companies in Chicago. Um, superpower. And the reason why we say active campaign is because if you're going to do this stuff, if you're going to do launches, if you're going to do webinars, if you're going to do uh, automation, active campaign for the price and the bang for the buck is simply like you can't beat it. And it's simple enough that the everyday, you know, layman can figure it out. It's not super complex. It's not complicated. So active campaign has been a big one. It's been the cornerstone of our business and a big reason for our success over the last, uh, Five plus years.
1: Yeah, I'm going to vote for Active Campaign also, despite the fact that we don't use it in our business. So, and I always find people ask that question. They're like, why are you talking about Active Campaign if you don't use it? So, I am married with seven children to Entreport, meaning my business has so many tentacles in this platform that it would really be quite expensive for me to uh, change. And like with any relationship, there's ups and downs, but it has the capacity to handle uh, what it is that we are doing. I think for Uh, For most practitioners and honestly, in some of the things that I've launched in the last uh, few years, we've we've connected it to ActiveCampaign. It's got ease of use. It's robust. It's going to grow with you. So I'm going to I'm going to vote for the same one. Watch, guys. We're not going to vote for the same thing on everything. What about landing page software?
0: So I love ClickFunnels, again, it's the same idea. Um, Really easy to use, really easy to deploy. Um, You don't have to be a coder. Like it's not as, as slow and clunky as like WordPress. Very flexible when it comes to design. Um, and it integrates with all these other systems, so it just makes it makes it really easy. Again, we're looking for ease of use here. We we don't want to get bogged down in the tech. Sure, you can do it. You know, you can build a custom coded landing page. You can do it in in Squarespace. You can do it in WordPress or Wix. Like, there's no real right or wrong answer. But when it comes to like upkeep and management, and the ability to like duplicate things and just easily deploy, uh, we feel that ClickFunnels uh, is the best solution.
1: I like Click Funnels too. I can get in Click Funnels and I can change things when I want to change something on the fly. I usually break things you've made, but I can I can get in and I can navigate uh, Click Funnels. And is that when we talked before about having a landing page pre website? Is would you start there, Active Campaign Click Funnels, and then secondarily build out your
0: website? Yes, 100%. Awesome. Because you can integrate the two very easily, and all it is is a button. Like, it doesn't yeah. need to be, like, people get hung up. It's like, oh my God, how am I going to connect all these pieces? It's a button, it's a link on your website that says, download my freebie, and it just takes them over to a ClickFunnels page. It doesn't have to be one system. So I think people people forget that.
1: Right. You mentioned connection. And so connection to me, I automatically think of what I think is sometimes a little known app, especially for beginners. But I want, I always like to drop the word and that is Zapier. Zapier being like, think about a multi-pronged, like, like, Converter where you can plug all of your different types of of devices in and get them all connected. Uh, That's what uh, Zapier does. Do you have an alternative to that, Elon? Did I like drop an advanced maneuver at app number three? I just feel like it's one of those things that's helpful to know or hear about.
0: You did, uh, definitely an advanced uh, bomb drop there uh, for, for all your we'll listeners. we to show
1: off people, I'm just there, saying. Yeah.
0: So Zapier is kind of like the middleware of like all these online applications and it gets them to talk to one another seamlessly, very, relatively easily. Um, in the past to make all these different applications kind of talk to each other to pass information, maybe someone's name and email from one system to another, you'd have to custom code it and that could cost thousands and thousands of dollars in developers like you had a development company you know the costs Mm -hmm. involved with hiring um Highly skilled programmers. It's not cheap. So, Zapier came in and said, hey, you know, like, let's create this whole, like, this middleware Mm -hmm. system that pretty much bridges the gap between all the different online applications. So, it is our go to when it comes to, um, you know, integrations. The nice thing about it, though, is a lot of these systems also have direct links. So, when we talk about ClickFunnels, like, you don't necessarily need to go to Zapier. You can go right to your Active Campaign, or you can go from your ClickFunnels right to your MailChimp, or you can go from your ClickFunnels right to your Constant content whatever system you're using because these apps kind of talk to one another but there are times when they don't and that's when zapier comes in and saves the day
1: okay i just wanted to you know when you you know about something you're like oh i see it everywhere i would just wanted to give context to that piece sure. i'm not sure if you've noticed this elon but i've been directing the top three apps for our list if number four is a complete blank slate for you can you take us through some of your other top favorite apps in terms of managing businesses that you want people to know about?
0: Yeah, I mean, Canva obviously is massive. Ooh. Yes. Right. Uh, when it comes to graphics, you know, again, you know, you don't have to hire like we have. We have amazing graphic designers at Ziggy Media, but you don't necessarily need to hire graphic designers because you know you have this great piece of software called Canva, which up till not too long ago you had to do it in like a really complex software like Photoshop or Illustrator, and you know these are programs that you can do a lot of stuff, but it's very, um, it's a highly skilled program and takes years to kind of master. So Canva, I think, is Definitely up there, especially when it comes to you know the ease of use, uh, building out really nice templates for your social media um, assets. I know you guys use it, we use it. I think everyone, if you have an online business, you should definitely sign up for Canva ASAP.
1: And I like Canva Pro. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like. And the reason I like Canva Pro, it's a minimal payment per month, but I can put all my branded colors in it and they're always available. I'm not going in and reworking the hex tags. I can save things. So I'm just throwing that out there as a pro tip. Just pay pay the $29 a month. It'll save you so much time. I care a lot about people's time. Mm -hmm. So that's.
0: For uh, collaboration, um, there's a couple tools. I don't know if we're on to collaboration next. We are now. All right. So um, I've actually just implemented this a few months back. I was kind of reluctant. And we actually used it in my first startup is Slack. So if you do anything within a team environment, if you have maybe uh, associates uh, in your practice, Maybe you have virtual assistants, maybe they're uh, local, maybe they're overseas. Slack is pretty much just like a business um, messaging system that makes it really easy to communicate. Um, I've actually, you know, I communicate with Megan's team on on a daily basis. Heather has my Slack and she slacks me all the time. That's actually a good thing, not a bad thing, people. And she uh, and it's you like, said
1: Slack, a, not slap, right? Yes. You said wow. Slack. Yep.
0: We're, right. And it's it's a great it's a great system. Really easy to um, keep things organized. We used Skype in the past, and we found that. Things got lost in, uh, in the jumble. So that works really great. And on top of that is Google Drive and Google, Google Workspace as a collaboration, um, mechanism as a place to store all your files. I'm not talking about patient files. That's something totally separate. Specifically, when it comes to like your business and marketing files, keeping it organized and easily shareable in Google Drive will make your life so much easier. Up till, you know, about 10 years ago, you had to, you know, have a server in your office and, you know, have a file server, which was like tens of thousands of dollars in upkeep. So, you know, all these like online apps just are allow people to like, you know, the one man mom and pop shop to be able to, to act like, a, you know, a legitimate business.
1: Yeah. Our, our, uh, Google workspace and our Google drive is instrumental to what we do, uh, within our business, for sure. And I just want to echo the Slack piece. So I talk a lot about email management, inadvertently don't mean to, I just loathe it. I hate things in my inbox. And Slack's amazing, you should not manage the tasks that need to happen in your business. And certainly the communications that happen in your business in your inbox, you need to get those out. Uh, and Slack is a really great alternative. It's just you and an assistant, you might not be wanting to pay for Slack. As soon as you've got a team of three or more, or to be honest, that depends on the volume when it was just Heather and I, we, we would, we started using Slack because we were like, we have to get this out of our inbox. We need a place to organize the communications by project. Um, so it will definitely be uh, volume based for people, but you should all be working towards getting the management of your business out of your, out of your inbox. I'm going to throw down number seven and that's Asana. So Asana is a project management tool. Again, don't send yourself emails to populate your to-do list every single day. So Asana is a really awesome tool uh, to help support operations on the backside. Elon said to me a few years ago, he's like, Megan, get your operations act together. Because I just kept sending him all of my my scribbled pieces. Now I send my team my scribbled pieces. They enter it into Asana, and Elon thinks we're organized. So um, I will. I will really share though that it is a, a really instrumental tool to keeping uh, your operations system streamlined
0: yeah asana is a great uh, a great tool. and it's also whenever we talk about like launches or program, like there's so many moving pieces. like there's yeah. so many little tasks that mm-hmm. come into play to develop these these assets online. So what Asana allows you to do is is really take like a high level approach and kind of plan out all those tasks, assign them out, and even if it's just for you, even if you're one person. Um, entrepreneur or practitioner that needs to get themselves organized asana is a great tool there's other ones like trello Uh, we use one called uh, teamwork but they're all kind of the same but asana is a great uh, entry-level option but uh, yeah i was actually thinking that one as well
1: what about social media management tools do you have some favorites
0: that you like So we like SmarterQ. Um, Again, uh, SmarterQ is great because it allows us to quickly and easily create Facebook and Instagram variations. I know a lot of them kind of do the same thing. Like we played around with Hootsuite. We used to use Hootsuite. Uh, We find that Hootsuite just has like a lot of bloat that we don't necessarily need. And it's a little confusing to kind of get around. And SmarterQ just works well for, uh, for what we do.
1: Yeah, I like it. We use uh, we use Buffer for some of our scheduling pieces. We use Later for uh, elements of our of our Instagram game, and then we also use a little app called Wave. And Wave is now we're just getting into like bonus stuff. But that's how when we do a podcast and we get those we get those little sound clips that we can use in stories. Um, that's the app that we use for that piece. I want to throw. Down those, those, those were bonuses numbers. They didn't fit into our top, top 10. I want to throw down number eight and nine. I want to leave number 10 uh, for you, Elon. Uh, number eight for me is an app called HubDoc. HubDoc is a place where I can upload all of my receipts. I can use their app on my phone to take a picture of my receipts, and it's a place where my uh, bookkeeping team can digitally access all of my financial records without me spending like half a day downloading statements, uploading statements, moving them over here. It's also a place, uh, that is all of those elements can be connected to your bank and it's hundred percent secure. Anyways, I've, I've been introduced to that app this year and I, uh, I really love it. In addition to QuickBooks online, from a management perspective in your business, your business cannot be managed on Excel. Um, and you need, you do need a robust, uh, financial management, uh, tool within your business. You do not need a bookkeeper, uh, coming to you. And I picked QuickBooks initially. I know there's some other ones. People, people love wave accounting. They love different pieces. I wanted something that I knew, uh, significant number of bookkeepers were trained on. Cause I did not want to deal with the expense of training somebody new on another, uh, platform. And when wave uh, started, I found it vastly insufficient. So for mm-hmm. what uh, I needed, so I love Hubdoc, And I love QuickBooks online.
0: Yeah, we use actually Freshbooks, which is kind yeah. of like a QuickBooks Lite. Um, been using them for years and years. They're a Toronto based company. Um, they've all, they've also grown exponentially over the last, uh, 10 years, but they right. it's kind of like a QuickBooks Lite, really easy to use. Um, I would, I would tell people to kind of take a look at it because it does some cool things like subscription and recurring billing. Really simple. You don't need to be, um, advanced in, in uh, financials at all and most accountants could uh, figure it out pretty quickly yeah QuickBooks is great uh, for my last pick I would say uh, like a, a software like a screen capture software is essential for mm-hmm. any online business so like a loom is is a great one. Yes. Um, I also use one called TechSmith Capture, which will basically allow you to just take a screenshot or a recording of your screen. Um, if it's just a screenshot, it actually uploads it to the cloud, and then you could just send a link to someone, and it, it saves just so much time of going back and forth. I can doodle on the, I, I can doodle on it. I can set arrows up, or I could just record my screen and be like, hey, you know, this is what I need done. It just saves so much back and forth because, as you know, when you're even in Slack or Uh, Email, a lot of things get lost in translation. So that would be my last kind of like pro tip is definitely have some kind of screen recording software.
1: Great suggestion. I use Loom daily. When I get those really long emails, people took a ton of time to write me. I feel compelled to write a really long email back, which could take me days. So I open Loom, I record them a video that takes me two minutes and they're like, wow, that was this great high touch point interaction. Saves me a ton of time. Uh, in my inbox. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. You can capture all the nuances, share your screen. It's a really, it's a really amazing tool. Elon, this was a good list.
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, for, especially for the person that might not have any of these tools and believe me, there are many. So if you don't have any of these, do not worry. Um, They are out there. So definitely take a look at them. And they're not that complicated. All the ones that we've kind of listed off are not super advanced techie tools. You don't need to be a programmer or a rocket scientist. So you could sign up for these probably a free trial for most of them and, and get a hang of them pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. I love it. I, you know, we, I don't know how many times a day we say, just go to YouTube and ask the question of the YouTube and it will show you exactly how to uh, exactly how to do it. They are designed to be accessible. My last question for you, Elon is, you know, when people start to work with you, I think one of our, our hesitations in moving forward, same thing when people come to work with a practitioner, is really understanding what to expect. What does that process look like? What should expectations of timeline look like? Can you give people an overview, especially if this is something new, a new area of investment uh, for their business? What what should they be expecting?
0: Well, the nice thing about working with us is we we work with all different types of um, shapes and sizes when it comes to practitioners and businesses. and one of the first things that we'll do is we'll set up a a kickoff and a project call where we can get to know, we can bring in the the appropriate stakeholders on both sides. Uh, We can ask questions, we can figure out what the goals are, what the objectives are. We can come up with a game plan that everyone is comfortable with. And that usually will set the tone as far as where we're going to take this project. Um, Having like a short-term, medium, and long-term along with milestones usually will help and keep everyone kind of in check. Because a lot of the times, like, I hate to say it, but a lot of the delay is usually on the clients. So by bringing them into our our project management software, having them uh, accountable, I think it's a big thing. And knowing that, okay, you need to get us you know, A, B, and C um, by this date helps kind of push things along because we're always ready to go. And a lot of the times we're just kind of stuck in neutral waiting for either content or feedback or whatever it is. And I get it. Everyone's busy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, Definitely helps set the tone. And again, it, it's it's so difficult because we are kind of like an a la carte um, agency. Like we'll build pretty much whatever you need. That there's no standardization, standard process because you know one person might do a membership site, the next person might need a program launch, where the, the third person might need a website. And they're all very different processes to get you from point A to point Z.
1: I I love that. Here's here's like my Cole's notes on this. If Elon can handle me, I promise he can handle you. I I am what constitutes a difficult client. Um, and it's always, it's always a seamless experience. I feel like this is a perfect place, Elon, to uh, transition the interview. One, I didn't want to give you the opportunity to comment on that. And two, I have a section of the interview I call our KPIs or key performance indicators, just like we have them in our business. I believe we have them and how we live our lives as well. So I've got four rapid fire questions Ooh, for you. Nervous. The first question is, what is your most recommended book or idea of contemplation for 2021
0: wow that's a good one so i was just reading an oldie but a goodie which is uh, how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie and it just helps just as far as like mindset goes i mean mindset is always such a roadblock even when you think you've mastered it uh incomes like those those negative thoughts or um you know the, the those the darkness and it, what I what I find is when you're constantly working on your mindset, it can help kind of alleviate a lot of that. So a lot of mindset. That's a, that, at least from my perspective. That's what I've kind of been focusing on.
1: Classic book. I love it. I like. I read it. I read it over and over again. Question number two. What is your favorite health hack?
0: Wow, that's a good one. So, um, up until not too long ago, health was kind of like way in the background for me. Um, surprise, surprise. I'm a guy that sits in front of the computer most of the day. Um, what I find that, you know, that helps me blow off steam, uh, personally is just, you know, walking. I mean, I'm not into running. It's not one of the things that I do. Um, Lately, I've been putting a lot of steps in, almost you know, anywhere between six to ten thousand steps a night. Uh, I like it's to amazing. go for like an evening walk, and I feel like that helps me um, alleviate stress. Listen to you know, listen to an ebook or an audio book, and it just yeah, it works well for me. So, or your
1: favorite podcast,
0: or yeah, or this podcast, I'll definitely listen to this
1: Elon, how would you define your purpose?
0: Um, that's a good one. I love helping people. Uh, it I love how it's solving problems. I love being challenged when there is a problem in front of me. Uh, it's just kind of in my nature. So I think that bodes well for what I do. When it's kind of you know solving people's technical problems or helping them through their marketing uh, initiatives. I feel like that kind of purpose helps uh, align with uh, with what I do professionally.
1: And last question for you entrepreneurship. Are we born this way or do we learn to become entrepreneurs?
0: You could definitely learn. So I started corporate. When I got out of corporate, I knew nothing about entrepreneurship. I knew nothing. I was like, I was as green as they come. I knew nothing. And, um, through experience, like I learned, like I learn how to sell. I learn how to speak to people. I learn technology. I learned these tools. Like the, the, the crazy thing is guys, I did not go to school for anything that we do, but doing it over and over for years and years, like you learn and you get better. So entrepreneurship is definitely something that could, that can be learned. So for those of you who might not think of yourselves as an entrepreneur, um, if you kind of jump in, you'd be surprised at how quickly, um, You start to kind of define yourself as an entrepreneur.
1: Elon Zeusman, always a pleasure to hang out with you. We're going to include links to all of the apps that we talked about uh, in the show today but for people who want to connect with you, learn more about what you are doing and up to, where can we direct them?
0: Just go to our website zigimedia.com Z-I-G-I media.com feel free to book a call, 15 minute consultation, there you can learn a little bit more about um, what we do some of the services we offer, some of our case studies and some of the people including Megan Walker that we've worked with so yeah, if anyone would love to reach out, learn a little little bit more, visit our website, love to hear from you.
1: Amazing. Elon, thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks very much for having me, Megan. A long time coming, but happy that we got it done.
1: Finally. Thanks, Elon. Bye, everyone. aim with this podcast was really to start to demystify the technology side of your business kind of like going to a mechanic when you know nothing about cars having the vocabulary and and an understanding of how some of these elements and these programs and these ideas fit together I actually think are fundamental to being able to confidently engage the right person in that stage of your business I have so much confidence in what Elon is able to do that, one, he teaches a monthly free training called Tech Talks on our Clinician Business Labs platform for practitioners. He's also going to be a speaker at our annual event, Impact Lives. Impact Lives is a practitioner-focused event Medical doctors, DOs, naturopathic doctors, functional medicine, acupuncture, the full gamut, all of those practitioners who are interested in driving health and health optimization in their patients, treating the root cause of the problem. This is our audience for Impact Lives. And our theme this year is gonna be all about marketing. We're literally gonna give you a roadmap of what we call our impact marketing system. And we've aligned speakers and special trainings to each part of that roadmap, each part of that system. So you can move away from feeling like I'm trying all these things and none of them are working. You really start to able to pull these things together into a cohesive system. But here's the best part. So Impact Lives will be taking place virtually online live. So it's available to practitioners around the world. And we are working with Health Hives, our partner company, to actually be able to provide free access to our first 1,000 guests. This opportunity is available right up until Labor Day weekend, so your time is getting tight. We will not extend it past 1,000 tickets and we would love the opportunity for you to be able to join us. We have had incredible feedback over our ability to pull together Impact Lives over the last three years, including the virtual event that we ran in 2020. We are so confident and so excited in what we are pulling together this year. I would love to invite you to be a guest. You can learn more about Impact Lives. You can register and save your seat so you can have access to a free ticket by heading to impactlivesevent.com. I cannot wait to see you there. As always, I am Megan Walker. I'm wishing you an impactful week ahead and I can't wait to see you at the event.